It's DTS-185, the faction rally has returned, oh no, there's some funny stuff going on here. All that and more coming up. You're listening to Destiny The Show. What's good, everyone, and welcome to Destiny the Show, the Destiny News Podcast to keep you, the Guardian, ahead of the curve in the world of Destiny. I am BBK Dragoon. I'm joined, as always, by Diddy, my great co-host. Diddy, what's new this week? What games have you been enjoying? I'm trying to get you to try that Monster Hunter World beta with me today. (laughs) It's the last day before it comes out this Friday. You are. I'm listening to your advice about Monster Hunter, but uh, I'm doing training with whiskey instead. Uh, <laughs> no, more realistically, uh, I did download it. Uh, we're playing the open beta right after we record here uh, for the first time, so that's going to be really exciting. I say we, that's uh, Sanic and I. Uh, maybe you could be included as well, BBK. Maybe. Oh, you. Oh, you. <laughs> Show us the ropes. Um, and she was actually really excited about this game before I was. She's the one who mentioned it to me first. And then you and Epos and Vito and, and Lurker Zero, they're all like, yeah, you should just get it, get it, go, let's play. Uh, and we'll. It's it seems really interesting, you know, to me. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'll, it will probably resonate, I think, with a lot of Destiny fans. You know, Lurker Zero, friend of the show, and I were playing some yesterday with Vito. Tried to take down the new monster, the Nergagante or something like that, and it totally ate our lunch. But I'm really, really looking forward to it. I've heard great things. The last Monster Hunter game I played was on PSP, like, forever ago, like seven, eight years mm-hmm. ago. But I do remember the replayability was totally there. And it's kind of like... Dark Souls mixed with raiding. That's a loose description of it. So nice. if that sounds interesting to you, then check it out. I also beat Breath of the Wild this week, Diddy. It's good. Fantastic. It's very good. Uh, it's hard because after a full year of hearing it's like the greatest thing ever, you're almost going into it kind of looking for like flaws. You're just, instead uh. of just... Um, the way I, I would put it is phenomenal game. Like definitely really cool. But I kind of rushed through it because there's so many awesome games out right now, and it's totally not a game to rush through. It's one of those things to play if you had a Switch. I was on Wii U. Like, if you had a Switch, play it on the train, like the car, the bus, what not where you're driving, obviously. But playing that, like, over a long <laughs> period of time, a few months, lots of replayability there. While you're playing. I mean, there's laws about not texting and driving, but what about not Breath of the Wilding and driving? You know, that's an offense in, like, six states, I hear, dude. Ugh, all right. Well, hopefully I'm not in one of the six. <laughs> mm-hmm. Japan, it's all good, though. Speaking of replayability, we've got to dive into the faction rally that happened this last week. Another series of semi-unfortunate events for Bungie with this faction rally didn't contain the hype that uh, most people were wanting for this season two faction rally. But, you know, there might be a horizon, a, a sunset out there, Diddy. There may be... <laughs> I don't know. I just want to see them win. I'm tired of seeing like these little these losses for them again and again. Without further ado, let's hop into the news. News. All right. So, Diddy, if you remember the faction rally way back before 2018 arrived, people were grinding lost sectors, right? Super fast way to get a bunch of tokens. Now, you could still only have the max amount of faction packages opened during an event. There was a lockout on how many packages you could get but there were some people who were like all right let's just go grind tokens and get to that cap really quickly 
Bungie has now implemented a timed lockout when you're farming faction tokens from lost sectors. A 10-minute lockout after you've done two chests. This did not sit well with the player base. Obviously, where the climate of the game is at right now, the last thing players want is to be gated a little bit more. Can you offer some context kind of to the situation, especially with the actual, like, the package lockout from previous events, the community saying, hey, I didn't really get my full set. What's the deal? And then this coming to be. <laughs> yeah. So one of the main pain points here is this lockout was not communicated to the players until the community was discussing it. And that's that's huge. Right. I mean, let's talk about some more better communication, Bungie. But uh, so people hitting. 30 packages turned in 30 packages was is the, was the cap or is the cap um, and they would not get the full set of that faction's gear right and yes yeah. obviously you would need to look forward to the next faction rally event uh, and then you have this this kind of stuff <laughs> it's uh not good in my mind I mean that's it, the, the main fact is the miscommunication right they they just didn't talk about it put it in the game no one knew about it and then they figured it out like oh my gosh all right so what's happening here and then you saw reports of players not getting faction tokens from public events when that cooldown was in place right mixed reports on this one however because it seems like they weren't getting tokens from the chests but they were from the event however there are still people reporting they're not getting any tokens it kind of hit the you know, Bungie didn't really address this one head on, so I'm guessing this is something they weren't aware of. I don't know at what level it's affecting things, but really it's an interesting choice when you already have the 30 package lockout. If players want to go and, and grind the same stinking lost sector over and over again till they're bored out of their mind, I say let them do so, right? The event lockout at the, at the 30 mark was kind of the frustration of, hey, I play the full week. And I really didn't get the gear that I was looking for. I would have happily put more time in to try and chase it. But what gives? That kind of a thing. And this seems like an odd answer or an odd choice on top of it. You know, players are always going to find the most efficient way to yeah. <laughs> play and farm your game regardless. So, <laughs> I mean, if we think back to Destiny 1 Nightfalls, right? There was always that cheese spot for like solo players or for the party to, you know, sit in one spot and DPS the boss. And then whenever they fixed that, players found a new one, right? players are always going to find the easiest and quickest way to accomplish their goal, right? And this does kind of expose uh, a big problem with Lost Sectors, right? It's We've talked about it before. It seems like a very big missed opportunity. We're glad they were implemented, right? It's a really cool idea. They're just not as uh, deep or uh, as in-depth, that's what I want to say, as what we would have expected from like a dungeon-type encounter in Destiny, right? I can do a Lost Sector in... 30 seconds, right? And then I'm locked out for for five minutes or 10 minutes after doing two of those uh, with this with this faction rally. And that's just, I mean, if, if we're going to do a cooldown like that, maybe that type of encounter should last a little bit longer. Kind of like, almost like a mini strike or uh, not as long as like a story mission would be, but just something like a, like a part of a quest or something or a adventure. That's what, that's what they're called in Destiny 2. Yeah. What compounds the frustrations, or I guess the community sentiment this last week too, is that there is only a new auto rifle available as the winner's offering. No new faction weapons are going to be dropping through the faction engrams this week. DMG hopped onto the Bungie forum after the event went live on Wednesday to address this, saying that with Curse of Osiris, there are new now five new weapons per faction. 
These weapons will become available over the course of the season, and they can't be earned through those engrams immediately, the faction engrams. Here's how it'll work. In the second faction rally of the season, the winner's offering is updated to one of those new weapons. Additionally, the previous winner's offering, the auto rifle from this event, is going to be added to the faction engram rewards as well as an additional weapon. The final faction rally of season two will follow this as well, right? So the winner's offering will be added to the final weapon uh, pool thing, and then you're going to see the additional weapon being added in. And that's what you're going to get for, all, you know, the 15 new weapons into the pool available. It's a interesting choice it really lends the player to say well if i really wanted to go nuts and grind to get these new items i should probably just wait for that final faction rally right mm -hmm. so yeah exactly i mean that's <laughs> it's a very interesting design choice right it's not hey it's available for a limited time you have to do it this time they're just incrementally increasing the loot pool throughout the rest of the season and having the full loot pool potentially or allegedly available in the last faction rally of the season so uh people if you don't have time don't waste your time and just play the last faction rally of the season that's uh it's very peculiar it's, it's like a what why why would you do that just let me grind for it no matter what right i think honestly this wouldn't be a big issue if we weren't at where we're at right now right yeah, yeah i guess yeah <laughs> if if this had happened let's say this happened between rise of iron and age of triumph it would cause some frustration but it wouldn't be a really big deal this is just gasoline on the giant fire right we're we're mm -hmm. looking at the compounding things of curse of osiris mixed with the state of destiny 2 post mixed with here's your timeline of what's going to be fixed oh gosh most of this is taking a super long time to get back to d1 standards so it i'm just bummed i really want to see bungie hit a home run hit a victory and it's just um i don't know if you saw the image circulating around of what the season one helmet looked like the season one helmet with the shader and then the, the season ornament. two helmet with the ornament and it's just oh you, my gosh if you don't know what i'm talking about i'll put it in the show notes it's the same helmet model and they are just slightly slightly different one has a bit of extra red on the front pane of the helmet but they're all very very similar let's just put it to it you is, that way it is not an ornament right we went from <laughs> we went from rise of iron ornaments and age of triumph ornaments to shaders that are titled ornaments yes <laughs> there's one more element to this this pie diddy and that is the fire victoria shell that tess is selling this week and you can't make this up <laughs> this is an exotic ghost shell that's for sale in eververse for 2850 silver dust so a handful grants a chance to obtain additional faction consumables in strikes oh and crucible so maybe this was an accident but the timing's no. so rough, dude. This is an accident, just like Xur is random. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> this is, they figured, oh, there's a faction rally or a faction token. Ghost Shell. That should be active during the faction rally. Oh, where is that? Oh, it's in the Eververse. I leave it. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Three, three K silver dust. No worries. You'll be able to, you'll build that up in no time. <laughs> no, that's only about 200,000 200, minutes, right? oh yeah that's all right i feel for him dude I, I really do so at least we got a bit of clarity about what's going on with the weapons that's one element i can praise like 
they did respond the day after saying, here's what's going on with the loot pool for the rest of the faction rallies. They could have kept their lips shut on that one, but they decided to tell us. I'm not happy, too happy with the answer, but whatever. <laughs> um, I want to transition at least for right now because there's not a whole lot to, to cover with the faction rally, except our final faction rally will be in March if this plays out the way that the update went. Now, notice the second faction rally looks like it's going to be February, the third and final one, March. Does that mean a late March season handover, or is it April where we're getting season three, Diddy? I think uh, with that timeline, one faction rally a month until uh, until then, I would say April is when we would see season three. Yeah. And then I think after a month of that, we would see DLC two come out. But... Mm-hmm. We did have season two launch with DLC one, but with the developer update, they hinted at they were pushing back DLC two launch date. So maybe season three will come out the same time as DLC three, but or two, excuse me. But uh, I think season three in April, and then a May release for the the next DLC. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking you're probably correct. So. December 5th was, or December 6th, I can't remember, I think it was the 5th, was the season two start, and then that led into right. what we have now as our timeline. Presumably this, early March was going to be season three, you know. This is is just deja vu, right? We had the big April update in 2015, and then House of Wolves came out the next month in May. It's History is repeating itself. <laughs> So moving on to this week at Bungie, short update from Josh Hamrick talking about the sandbox design team stuff that's coming. So I'll quote here from what he says. Just wanted to drop in for a moment and verify that we're already hard at work and making progress on various improvements Christopher Barrett outlined last week. Additionally, I wanted to give you all better insight as to how the next several months are shaping up. As with any plans, the first items on the list are the clearest and well-defined. For most of these, we are already hard at work and making good progress on them. The exotic pass is moving forward nicely with Wysanewski at the helm. The team has also been talking about things we want to see in the next balance pass coming to you in Season 3 for the last several weeks. Also, Grant Mackay has put together a really exciting plan for Mods 2.0 that will open their requirements up significantly, allowing them to be more potent in ways that you'll end up feeling directly in your ability uptime and therefore total power output. The rest of the crew, you ask. Oh, they're just hard at work on super exciting new content to put smiles on all your faces before the year is out. And that's just the beginning. So I'm going to stop right there. There's one more paragraph full of nothing burger. But there was the greatest line on uh, Reddit about this, Diddy. The last sentence where he said, Oh, the rest of the crew, they're just hard at work on super exciting new content to put smiles on your face before the end of the year is out. And the comment on Reddit was, Bruh. It's January. (laughs) It's. I'm glad to know you guys are working on it. Mods 2.0. This is peculiar. So if we remember from the developer update that Mods 2.0 is slated for a February update really soon, right? Uh, But they did also specify with the caveat in that developer update that since it's so intricate and detailed and affects gameplay so much that might be pushing it out just a little bit. So... I just wanted to set that expectation out there. So when it says here with Mods 2.0, and I quote, uh, significantly allowing them to be more potent in ways that you'll end up feeling directly in your ability uptime, 
and therefore total power output. I have a really sinking feeling in my heart that Mods 2.0 is just going to decrease the cooldown of your abilities. <laughs> or produce more orbs of light, right? Yeah. Or increased or reduces the charge time on your abilities whenever you pick up an orb of light or something like that. Uh, but again, they also did mention in that update or the developer update that they're looking at how it also phases into the Eververse currency or whatever. How it, uh, it won't negatively interact with Eververse stuff, yeah. Yeah, that's a slippery slope. Well, they've done an excellent job of it so far, man. <laughs> what would give you any evidence to think that they would not have a flawless victory with this one? Oof. Man, it's like skiing down a mountain after doing the uh, your first instruction. You're like, I got this. Easy. Pizza wedge with the skis. And then you just, you're like, you take a wrong turn and then you're going down the black diamond. It's like, oh, oh, crap. What's Momentum catches up to you. No pizza more bunny pie, slopes. Pizza pie, French fry. <laughs> Eric Hirschberg, the Activision publishing CEO, is moving on. And he is the guy that we usually quote when we do the Activision Blizzard investor earnings call, which the next one is coming up here in a few weeks. I saw some tweets saying, oh my gosh, this is horrible. You can totally tell that, you know, Activision's really struggling because this guy's leaving. I think it's the complete opposite. They actually tweeted yeah. <laughs> out from Activision that COD World War II and Destiny 2 are the number one and number two console games in North America in 2017 based on revenue. So... <laughs> This guy is probably moving on up in the world. We don't know where he's going just yet, but interesting that Activision threw that stat out there. Did he number one and number two for revenue last year for console games? That is ridiculous. Not surprising, but it's ridiculous. It's they they are behemoths. You know, those two franchises are behemoths. That is Activision at this point, dude. I mean, last yep. year. Other than that, I think the only thing they released was Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy, which is awesome. You guys should all go play it. Um, man, if they really did score that well on revenue, you can totally forget everything I talked about the last few weeks of hoping for an all-hands-on-deck approach because yeah. <laughs> their bottom line probably hasn't been impacted at all. So, you know, if if you're the manager and you still are seeing great financial numbers you're probably going to continue down that pathway and not the one in which you delay DLCs, you delay expansions, even if it's the right choice to make to appease and help your you know, community trust and sentiment. I don't think if you're a mover and a shaker at the high level, you're probably going to change much of anything. Yeah, when you're at a high level in those kinds of companies, right? If, if you're the director of anything, of a product, right? And that product does really, really well. The higher-ups, the executives, people above you are going to look at that and say, okay, you did really great there. What are you going to do next? And yeah. then that's it. Like, they don't, they don't care about what happens after, to that product afterwards. The, the higher-ups, they care about what that person who successfully led that charge can do for something else. And they're going to put them on that project. So, yeah, I, I, I think any glimmer of hope of all hands is uh, out the window after seeing this. I feel for Chris Barrett, man. He has been very vocal on Twitter. I think that's the kind of conversations that we need to be having. But you also feel bad because at the same time, too, he only has X amount of resources he's available to work with. So waiting till fall 2018 for something like Rumble, as the player, you go, no. 
But then as like, <laughs> you can sympathize with him knowing, yeah, he probably has like, I don't know, 15%, 20% of the team. There reaches a point though where we're, we're at a really odd spot. As Destiny players, as Destiny fans, you're going to see a lot of influencers probably transitioning away until things resolve and sentiment and trust is regained. It's it's sad. I mean, we all really like this game. Or we did in D1. I don't, I'm careful about D2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we love the universe. We love the franchise. Yeah. I was having a good conversation with our friend Aviators, awesome dude within the DTS community, and he just mentioned and threw this out here. What if we're right about to find out a giant Kotaku news dump article or some giant Forbes article that's like, the secret reality of what's happening inside Bungie. Activision hitmen have weapons right near the edge of all the employees saying, put the micros in the game. <laughs> I, I think so. I think there is something happening internally and it is just waiting to be exposed that would be it would be really great insight to see you know the inner workings or lack thereof inside the studios what what, what morale is like it's kind of like it's kind of like those reporters on the uh, like on the front lines of war or whatever they're like the war reporters and they're just like what is actually happening down here in the field that would be really cool to see activision operatives have totally held Luke Smith hostage. And he told them, no, I must defend the pairs. We're listening. We're listening. While the Activision people are like, you are going to put that ghost shell right in that Everest. You are going to do it right there. I just saw this on Reddit. Uh, Christopher Barrett tweeted that they're going to be posting an article on what technical difficulties that Bungie faces and why they cannot just, quote, fix it. So, That'll be interesting. That actually goes along the same lines of what you were just talking about. Maybe some more insight, that kind of stuff. Yeah. we Anything that's not just, okay, yeah, we got it. We're listening. Anything other than that. Details, concrete details. What's happening? What are you working on? Why can't you do something? We've said this before. There's been communication from other developers explaining very clearly why they can't do something. We've never had that from Bungie. And it would be really nice to see that clarification. Don't tell me you can't do it. Just tell me why you can't do it, right? I think that would be a really nice explanation. Indeed. I think we end right there, Diddy. It's sort of a shorter, lighter news week. Mods 2.0 is right around the corner. But where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash Diddy, D-T-S, D-I-T-T-Y, D-T-S, where I just tweeted a picture that I finally got a dread blueprint in Warframe. Yeah. That's awesome. If you don't play Warframe, you have no idea what I just said, but that's okay. I've been wanting that for a really long time. And actually, that got me really excited about a loot drop, and I haven't had that experience in a while. Uh, and also, you can follow me on YouTube, youtube.com slash wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. Excellent. You can hop in our Discord, chat with us, discord.me slash destiny the show. I know we're going to be playing with a handful of people in there in Monster Hunter World. We've got Jim, we've got Azure, and many more. So hop into our Discord and chat it up with us. Follow us on Twitter at destiny the show. You can follow me on YouTube and Twitter at BBK Dragoon. Thank you for listening. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you next time, Guardians.